I fundamentally disagree with the fact that he gave up. He didn't. It's comfortably Where's the that? worst bottom five I've ever seen. Five wolves, hand and then one, one deer or whatever it is. Welcome back to Just Another Football Podcast. We are back for the first time in two weeks. Uh, a lot has happened since, including a nine-man Tottenham playing with the highest line that is possible. So that definitely is a world record high line. Um, but we never got to talk about that, sadly. However, the Premier League brought the goods again this weekend and came up with a double Desmond. In a singular game between uh, Chelsea and Man City, four four guys, um, and and here to talk about it is Harry and Fergal. Hello, guys. Evening. Hello. Uh, how are you? Did you catch? Did you, was it one of those where you like this is too much and I need to catch a breath here? Or, um, I weirdly when I was watching, I only caught the second half. Maybe that's the reason why, but I didn't actually feel like. Oh wow, this is crazy. We'll never see anything like this again. I just felt like they're two bad defenses. Like just really bad defenses getting punished rightly so. I um well I, I felt like a bit like a Tottenham fan at one point because I was like I was like, <laughs> oh whenever whenever we were losing, I was like I was like, you know what? I I can take it if we lose lose by a goal here. I'm happy enough. So sim- similar to Tottenham and, and being how proud they were to, to lose it to Chelsea earlier in the week. Um, Proudly I, I was, losing I, only four one. I was like, I, 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 I could take a loss. I did. I wasn't expecting the whenever it was four three city. I was like, oh, I can, I can deal with that. If we can, just yeah. actually breathe. So I did forget we haven't actually chatted about that game. Yeah. Um, and everyone else has covered it. It was mental. Um, the high line, I think, is just ridiculous though. Like people praising them. Like no, I it, think it was fun. It's just. I'll tell you why it was spot on. Uh, but after well, let, let, after me, let me yeah, make yeah. my point. Go on. So, I think, I think he's, he's, he's calculating, he's gone, Chelsea are awful here, we might actually get away with this. Mm-hmm. I think he, but I think he's given up on the game. Like that game, he's gone, nine men, we're losing this. I think he's taken a bigger picture view of the, of the game and, or, or, or of his team and has gone, We'll actually benefit. The fans will benefit. The team will benefit more from continuing to play uh, as as we as they aim to play. Um, uh, you know, going, going home. I thought. I think that that's what the the thought process was behind behind it. I think he was there playing the sort of odds. What's the if we're going to lose? What's the best way to lose for that team? And I think he's probably gotten the the best outcome, the fans loved it. Um and um you know this player probably got I know a bit of spirit going into the next game uh, to lose two two on to us. <laughs> but I th- that that's the only benefit I see coming from it. I because people are saying like well if you drop back is it you know Chelsea are definitely winning. Are we? We've we've been terrible against teams that have played a low block. Um, we we didn't have we didn't have informed strikers, and we've given our a striker who's been like struggling for goals, struggling in, in front of goal, giving him three tap ins essentially. It's like 
I've, I've, I, in it for for winning that game, I don't think it was the right decision. If you're taking a more bigger picture, holistic view, I understand it. But I wouldn't be happy with my manager giving up um, a derby game for a more holistic view. But then maybe that's the difference between Chelsea and Spurs uh, fans. I, I don't mean that in a slight either. But that 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 Chelsea fans maybe a bit more pragmatic. Here's the thing, though, Fergal. I fundamentally disagree with the fact that he gave up. He didn't. He was trying to win, and he almost scored a second, and there was a long VAR check for an Eric Dyer second goal. And uh, off a set piece, which was... The idea is, if we can win in midfield, great. If we don't, then our high line is high enough that, you know, Chelsea's... Well, Nicholas Jackson is going to be the main runner. If not, then Sterling will try to... The, the Sterling runs are, are the ones that work, but... Nicholas Jackson isn't like he got he got caught offside so many times um and then if sure if the ball gets passed through I think there was a general feeling of Chelsea just form wise aren't great so things aren't coming off well so if a pass is heavy enough that Vicario can come out and get it, which he did multiple, multiple times, he got there. And I feel like he, they almost pulled it off. Like the the third goal was scored in like the last, the sorry, the second goal was scored in like the last five minutes of regulation, something like that. No, it was, it was took 20 minutes from, from the, from down to nine men. So it was, I think it was around 15 minutes ago. Okay, but, but it's still late enough. Like, still they 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 held up for for long enough. I I think I they would think... have been better off doing a low block to to beat this Chelsea team. I you you're you're saying you're saying all the points I was saying, except you you're you're flipping it on its head. You're saying <laughs> with this Chelsea team that maybe they might not have scored the tap in. Of course they would have, and and like they just get they literally the one strength Chelsea has is pacey forwards and behind Mudrick. Jackson and Sterling, yes, they were all being caught offside. Yeah, but well, like, that's kind of the point. They, they had enough chances and enough time to get one of those right that you know it it worked out. I I, I think they would have been better off sitting back and trying to hit us on the counter attack. But mm-hmm. that's just me. I don't know. I also think there's there like yeah, you could be right, but I I don't. I think Chelsea would have been wise enough to uh, at least Thiago Silva at the back, like commanding his his backline to like not go too high in term, uh, just in case like a long ball gets gets launched behind their backs. But we'll never know, right? And then we'll never know. We'll never know. Um, and then they followed it up with another four goal performance against an eleven man Man City. Impressive. Yeah. Good. Good. Thank you. Very good. <laughs> Yeah. And I was not expecting it going into this game. I was like, I was like, you know, we struggled to beat nine man Spurs, and it was absolute dross. What like at times for that twenty minutes trying to figure out how to how to knock a ball in behind, and I'm like, oh, this Man City team, they're in good form. Like we, we I, I did, a, I did think like we, we weren't going to be hammered, but I, I wasn't expecting us to to play as well as we did, and. And um, players like Conor Gallagher had a great game. And Jackson took his goal well. Um, James done really well at shutting down Doku. Um, yeah. So 
a, a lot of big performances that it was needed. And I mean, hopefully we can use this as a springboard for the rest of the season. Harry, how did you feel after watching the game? Premier League classic or just like two stupid teams? No, it's a great game. I mean, you can't you can't put Man City in the category of stupid team. Like, uh, it's a freak one-off for them to concede four goals. That is true. Um, I mean, it's as open as I've seen them, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to give credit where credit's due. Like, I think, and this isn't kind of just sour grapes. Like Chelsea against us put a good performance in, but there were certain things that went their way in that game. Like they'd be given a you know a penalty out of nothing, and then a cross goes in the goal, and it's kind of two nil. And then we, you know, played well for 10 minutes and got a two-all draw. So, like, while that was an encouraging performance for them, I do think... You're missing out your lucky goal there as well. Uh, Absolutely, but I don't think anyone was praising that (laughs) performance that day. I think that's the difference, that we weren't weren't good. Um, And I think the general consensus after that game was that it was something for Chelsea to build upon. Um, I kind of saw it a little bit differently, but this game, I think... It won't be a full storm. I think Chelsea have proven they can play against good teams this season. Like they've they've played against four of them, and they've drawn three, and they could have easily won. Well, they could have won any of those three games, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. And they obviously beat Spurs. I think um, look, conceding four goals is <laughs> is the sort of maybe disappointing part in it. Um, mm-hmm. City propped up by yet another pretty ridiculous penalty which you know we haven't <laughs> we haven't done the hmm. weekly bashing referees yet i mean you you, you don't seem yes, to be as uh, we are like it. Yeah. about we're, we're nine minutes into recording yeah so we you know it took took all of 10 minutes but i don't think that's a penalty um then they get a deflection so maybe you are unlucky to concede four but you know i, I think equally the second goal is bad defending the third goal I think it's really poor what Caicedo does, jumps and has a gamble. So there's yeah. definitely parts of it where you, you probably need to smarten up because I think scoring four goals, like you should win any game of football. Um, mm-hmm. Let alone against Man City, if you say you're going to score four goals, I mean, good God, how do you not t- take take a win from that? But I think it's encouraging. I think they need it. I mean, they've got, you know, the games don't get any easier. I think that's the disappointing part. If you're a Chelsea fan, it's, not necessarily the points differential because there's still a lot of the season left, but it's more the games that have been played already, the points you've kind of left on the table. You're essentially playing catch-up against actually better teams. And I think it's a chance to beat teams that you obviously are trying to catch up. So it's an opportunity, but it's not easy to kind of reel off win after win in those games. Like you're playing well in these games and getting draws, which probably tells you it's it, that it is... For, for example... Uh, Liverpool after beating Brentford three 0 we lost them. You know, yeah. There's a there's yeah. You get the same three points right for for those fixtures. Much as yeah, you were great against Man City and and you you know played well against Liverpool, played well against us. Like Liverpool beating Brentford three 0 earned earned them the same points as you get for all three of those performances. So it's one of those. I think you do need to improve against the the worst teams. I'm I'm stating the obvious by saying that. I think once that comes, there's a good tactical kind of template in place there. Like, it's mad to me when I look at the table that Chelsea kind of are where they are based on what I've watched in in truth. Like, there's sort of teams that are above them. And I think there's a couple of obvious ones you just look at and go, like, how on earth are they where they are in the table Um, when I've watched what I have this season? But they have to roll the punches. They've got to play catch up. Um, 
and and it is what it is. But it was encouraging. I thought it was a good game of football, obviously. Um, yeah. And I'm glad City dropped some points because it just kind of leaves the door open a bit as well. Oh, wide open. The, the difference between first and fifth. Do you know what it is? Like right three now, points, isn't it? Three points going into yeah. the November international break. So in the Christmas run-in, we, uh, we have an interesting title race. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, uh, if you're new around here, or you're coming from the James Olcott, the narrative video, welcome. I said something on there that Harry doesn't know quite, a, quite yet about. Which is, I think Liverpool finish above Arsenal. So you're at the uh, uh, Arsenal-Burnley um, game, of course. You won 3-1. Mm. And then we followed uh, that up by winning 3-0 against um, uh, Brentford. I always get, when, I, when I say Brentford, I always stop myself from saying Bournemouth for some reason. But whatever. I watched that game recorded. So I knew the result going into the game. But watching the replay, I felt like it was such a tricky game. And Brentford were really shutting us down and we're, we were... We weren't quite connecting goal-scoring chances into, like, 40 minutes in. And um, the uh, the crowd at Anfield was going after uh, um, Paul Tierney, who famously, obviously, Jurgen Klopp said, I have a problem against Paul Tierney himself. Like, that was a quote he said about Paul Tierney, which is, like, enemy number one at Anfield right now. And it was, like, very tense until Salah scored. I just feel like a game like this, I immediately had a, a thought of like, if Arsenal play this game, they, I don't feel like they win, or I don't feel like they win it as easy and comfortably as we made it seem at the end. And I just feel like Liverpool have a little bit more answers than Arsenal at the moment. You're going to find out, because we've got Brentford next game, so you you're not going nice. to have to wait very long. Yeah. I Arsenal Liverpool do it in very different ways. Um, yeah, I mean, if if I focus on Arsenal for a minute, um, what cost us last season was conceding too many goals. In truth, we we scored eighty-seven goals, we conceded in the forties, and that ultimately is what cost us winning the league. If you want to win the league, I think it's kind of twenty to twenty-five goals is what you need to be aiming for, really, and any more than that, and it becomes tricky. Uh, and you look at it this season, we, obviously Arsenal have had the same defensive record. I'm yeah, not quite sure how, in truth, looking at the underlying numbers in that. I mean, we've been a lot better. We've actually been the best side defensively in the entire division, which is a marked improvement from the end of last season where we just couldn't keep the ball out of our net. We were conceding sort of twos and threes, and it was, it was ultimately what cost us. Mm -hmm. I think the... Um, trade-off for that has been that we've lost a bit of attacking fluency and I think we're not creating as much and it's weird like we've also scored I think maybe one goal less than Liverpool but like we're creating a lot less so that's sort of what I allude to when they said kind of doing it in different ways like yeah we I don't think we beat Brentford 3-0 but I also don't think we give Brentford two or three one-on-ones which they had in the game so it's it, it's one of those like I think Liverpool are Look like they're going to score more goals. They they look more dangerous. They maybe do have more answers, which is kind of what what you're alluding to. But then, 
I don't know, like Arsenal maybe have less questions to answer when I watch the game for 90 minutes. We're, we're not, we don't really lose. Like I watched that game yesterday and we were bad against Chelsea, but we were never kind of giving loads and loads away. We don't really give many chances away in games. We kind of, we, we maintain pretty good control across large periods of football matches. Um, yeah. the, the tricky part with that is the second you need to chase the game. So take the Newcastle game last weekend when you lose a goal and like, yeah, it's controversial, it's contentious, but like you go one nil down. And then we didn't really seem to have the answer to, to kind of change gears and, and go up go up the gears basically and, and put mm-hmm. the pressure on. I think we, we're, we're good front runners in, in games. So mm-hmm. I know what you're saying. I, 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 again, like a lot of this is going to... A lot of it's going to come down to luck, I think, because I look at us this season and we've had to contend with a lot of it, a lot of injuries, obviously playing Champions League football this year. Like, I think low-key, it's actually been a really good start to be where we are in the table. You know, we've played five of the, call it, top seven in the, in the 12 games so far. And you're one point off Man City. Like, you take that all day. And top of the Champions League group, OK, we're like, we went out of the League Cup. Like, you know, here's what it is. but. We've managed the schedule quite well, and I think you you take the position. I mean, you see with Spurs, right? Like how quickly it can kind of cut. You have one bad week, and it yeah it can come unstuck very quickly. So, but the Spurs got like ultra unlucky though. The Spurs losing yeah two starting they, look, they lost two and important left, and players. Yeah, they, they lo- I wouldn't call the red cards unlucky. I thought they're just stupid. Like both of them, I, I think losing I two- Matt Madison Van der Vener. Well, Madison, yeah, look, it, it's a bit like. Okay. <laughs> not again not to kind of compare it to our situation but we've pretty much had every attacker injured at some point this season like not for three months i get it like those are obviously yeah. big blows but i think you look at spurs and the reason you don't put them in that in that conversation take away kind of the pedigree and, and, and it feels like they're maybe a year or two too early is the squad the squad isn't there like in those attacking positions, in those defensive positions, you're one or two injuries away from playing. I mean, you look at the back four they played on Saturday, it was completely makeshift in every position. So that's that's what's kind of holding them back more than anything. Um, and I think it was it, metal how like um, Eric Dyer was so dependent on, on uh, Ben Davis to to cover him behind him, which is like <laughs> it's bad whenever you're. You're, yeah. you're relying on your like just as old uh, ex left back that's yeah, now back, yeah. doing a job. Uh, it's it's um it's not a great position for Spurs to be in. No, but no, I I think that just shows right. Like it, you take them, they've been flying, had the best ever start to a season, and you know it can it can change very quickly. So kind of like where everything seems to be a crisis. I think Liverpool fans have been a bit similar this season, sort of like more pessimistic than they should be given the position they're in in the table at least kind of from what i've seen like they they okay. weren't great against luton that, that wasn't a good performance they followed it up by losing to toulouse like you know europa league like who really gives who who cares to be honest and it's kind of like all doom and gloom again like, oh you know we can't play away from home we can't defend we don't control it like <laughs> it, it not everything's going to be perfect right like to be in the position you're in you definitely would take and it's the same with us so that's a big game that Liverpool Man City game is a big game after the international break I think bigger 
probably bigger for City because I think that the expectation is for them to win, if I'm honest. And if Liverpool win, it's a fantastic result. I think that's the, that's they've got an opportunity there to really lay down a marker if they win. I think it's more of a problem for City if they don't win as much as if they do, you probably look at it and go, well, you know, they'll win the league now. But yeah. if they don't, there's that doubt there, isn't there? Because then you look at it and think, well, they've played Arsenal, they've lost. They've played Liverpool, they've lost. Like, questions start to them. And then they've lost, you know, three of their first 13 games or whatever it would be. Um, and you're looking at it and thinking, well, are, they, are there cracks there? So, yeah, I think there's a time... How do you have the Borneo to come back, though? Yeah, I mean, look, there's always the, that thing with Man City as well, that they'll get to that period after Christmas and they'll do something that they're not doing at the moment with the tactics and all of a sudden... Or there'll be a player that just wins. comes into... Like, Jack Grealish will, will start putting up the same sort of numbers Doku is. And, um, or, like, you know what I mean? Like, there'll be a player that comes into form that you weren't expecting. Like, Ake, all of a sudden, it kept, like, I got a centre-back that was, like, solid... He then was like incredible. I'm like, oh, well, why do they keep? Why, where do these guys come from? <laughs> See, um, I don't think it's a question. City will win the title. Uh, I do think it's a question where the rest finish. It's um, yeah. But the only, I, the only I question when City win the title is, is when is it, how early is it going to happen? <laughs> how early is it going to happen? Exactly. But I th- I think yeah. they do leave it quite quite late because I. Th- I would hope, and I think it's possible, that this pack of five can actually carry on pushing each other until like April ish. Man City would just pull away. And I love the way you're talking about a pack of five as if they're like all working together. Yeah. You know, yeah. like it, it's, nope. it's, like, it's five, five wolves handing down one, one deer <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> handing down the deer title. Um, I don't, yeah. yeah. I also don't see it that close if i'm honest like the way i oh. see it if, if you're kind of breaking it out into tiers city of city they're, they're they are on their own i think yeah. you've got arsenal and okay. liverpool kind of you know in one tier and then i think you've got spurs you've got newcastle you've got villa you've got you know if you want to throw chelsea in there like from what i've seen i think as much as the points obviously man united are much closer to it but I just cannot believe they're where they are in the table based on what I've watched this season. They are the um, form team in the Premier League right now. It's, I, I couldn't that. believe it when I saw that that <laughs> tweet. That they've got the most points over the last five games. Yeah. Um, they're sixth with a minus three goal difference. They've won every game by a goal this season. It's just, yeah, like, it, and I've seen their upcoming fixtures. Like, I, I do think time will do its thing, but you know, we'll see. Anyway, they're sixth. Like again like put them in that but i think that group is closer like the top of that group's closer to the bottom of that group than i think the top of that group is to arsenal and liverpool over the course of the season i do honestly believe okay. that the gap between fourth and call it sixth or seventh will be smaller than between fourth and third and 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 i'm happy to be proven wrong but that's just kind of spurs have had a great start but you see how quickly it can change for them and I don't see I don't see the teams above them dropping off that much, and I think they could really struggle in in the next cup in the next few weeks. See, I would put Villa with uh, Tottenham grouping, and I think that I think Villa will like carry on having good health among the squad. They didn't have a lot of injury problems this season yet. Uh, possibly have another striker in there that 
is reliable enough to to cover when necessary because Ollie Watkins played like every minute. However, the Asseville are very capable of like keeping up. They are incredible. They they are actually. Would, would you- I mean, they did lose 2-0 to Nottingham Forest two matches ago. I know they lost 2-0 to Nottingham Forest two matches ago, but we drew to in town 1-1 I think, think, well, funny enough, Villa and Liverpool have a similarity of... Have Liverpool won every home game this season? Uh, Yes, we did. Yeah, because Villa are very, very, very good at home. I mean, it like it's 13 home wins wins in a row. row. Yep. But they're equally they're quite shaky away. Like they got thumped up at Newcastle. They lost handily at Anfield. They beat Chelsea. Chelsea were down to ten men. You know they didn't really deserve to win that. Um, they lost to Forest. Like they they're only going to go so far if they continue to be flaky away from home. It is my opinion. I also the home think games are going to get harder as well. I think it's harsh and Spurs about the. Like, are you only putting Spurs and Villa on the same level because of the, the injuries and I'm not this week. I'm I'm not. I I, I kind of the way I describe that as I say, like I see that kind of as if you call it a battle for champion. I think Spurs are in a battle for Champions League football now. I I, I like honestly, and I know that might be reactionary to say, but I think they're one or two bad results from. They were looking up the table. If they lose a, a couple more games, which they they got Villa next. Then they got Man City after that. Then I think they got Newcastle a couple of games after that. Like quite quickly, you go from looking up to looking down the table, and you've still got another five or six games before you get Madison back, before you get Van der Ven back. I, I think that it's, it's only really the injuries that have. It's only the injuries, the like the long injuries as well. If it was a couple of weeks, I wouldn't be so down in Spurs, but just the length of those injuries. But the problem is, uh, uh, yeah, is, is, is what it's putting me. Down, but it, if 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 I but before those if 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 they just had lost those two games, but they still have the well they wouldn't have lost the Wolves if they had their two starting centre backs, um or or Mad Ma- if Madison and Van der Ven were in there because I, I I watched that game and Spurs were they, they great for the first goal and then that was about all they had done yeah they didn't do anything and, yeah and, and, and yeah. Madison and. Madison was missing so much in that game for that spark in midfield. So if if he was there, I, I, I don't see them losing that. And and then if they don't have to play uh, Dyer, then then um, they probably look a bit better there as well. So the problem is, they're, they're, I know what you mean, them. but they're only one injury again or once uh, from Dyer being back in. That's the problem. Like I know what you're saying. If they yeah. get those guys back in, then suddenly they are they've got a strong eleven. But the, the the depth the squad players are the squad players at this point in time. Like there's a reason that with a few injuries at the weekend, that's what they were playing, right? It wasn't just one or two injuries, like you've got three or four and then it's Dyer and Emerson Royale and Davies and uh Hoiberg playing in a midfield three with Basuma and so like that's all they've got at the moment. That is and so unless they go into the market in January it's going to be the same thing all season. And yeah, they probably won't get another two players get injured at the same time for two or three months. But you can get what we've been having, which is sort of niggling kind of someone's out for a couple of weeks and someone else is out for a couple of weeks, someone else. And if it rotates around their side, they're still going to have the same problem of relying on players that, let's be honest, are just nowhere near the requisite quality to keep them where they want to be. So that's why I put them there. Like I'll, I'll happily admit I'll take bias out of it. Their first eleven is is very good. It's I, I think 
You know, it's not Marloff, but beyond that, the squad is nowhere near. It's just nowhere near it needs to be at this point in time. And and I've I've been saying that all season, and I I, I I'm not even I don't even think it's that. I don't feel that vindicated because I think it's just been that obvious that a couple of injuries and the guys coming in just aren't, mm. aren't up to it. So that's why I put them in that group. Oh. Harry is buzzing. You can feel it in your bones. <laughs> um, all right. So, yeah, that is the title talk. It's it's still early enough to be talking about title a title race, but it's shaping up very, very well. Uh, like I, I struggle to remember if we since I said this, when did I say? I think I might have been recording the previous video about um for the October superlatives, but I think I was thinking like I don't remember a title race this close since thirteen fourteen and long may continue. Like I'd love to see someone or a group of teams challenging. It's only November. It is only November, but uh, what I'm saying is I'd love to see that carry on. Yeah, there's not oh, been that kind of like separation from one or two teams, which yeah. you do usually see by this point. Well, yeah. I remember the season. This, well, it would have been the season Chelsea won the Champions League. So um, and, uh, during COVID, what's that? Yeah. Okay. So, well, so when, there was a. I think there. I think it was around this time. I think Chelsea, Chelsea went top of the league under Lampard. Yeah, they did. It, yeah, in November. And but that was after I think I think Liverpool had a little run at the top. Everton were up there, from what I remember. Under Ancelotti, yeah. And so they were back then. It was the same thing at this point of the season, and then everything just falls apart. And like, so it's Christmas is and always will be the the like separates the men from the boys and. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll see how many of these teams come through Christmas still within pushing distance of, of Man City. I, I, I have a theory on that as well, which is that I think the reason you're seeing kind of four or five teams that are, have, you know, it, it might be the highest combined points tally after whatever it is, 12 games. I don't know. I don't know what it actually, but it's up there, right? My theory on that is... That's great, Harry. Just say it anyway. It's comfortably the worst bottom five I've ever seen in the Premier. It's so bad. Like the bottom half this season is dreadful. Really, really poor. Like you could throw a couple of teams. Like Wolves were pretty good. Not my Wolves. They've been better than I thought. But the bottom four have been shocking. Albeit Bournemouth were actually quite good on Saturday. Um, You know, you've got Fulham, terrible side. Everton or Everton. Palace have been just bland for ages. You've got Nottingham Forest. Like, there's easily seven or eight teams there you look at and go that realistically they're fodder for the top sides. Like, barring a poor performance, they should be beating all the. And I know this isn't the way it works, but like, you can see why they've just been beating on the teams at the bottom of the league, to be honest. I have to fact check this, but I think the current top 10 is the current top 10 that all four, George is another one of our co hosts, he's not here today. All four of us predicted would finish in the top 10. And the current bottom 10 is what all four of us predicted would finish bottom 10. So you might be right. I can't remember if I had, I can't remember if I had Brentford. Brentford 11th of them. I can't remember where I, think I, I was had them top 10. I was we petty all, with Villa. You were petty with Villa. but oh, I, I don't think, think I put them bottom half. Them. I think I exactly. might have put them 10th. Yeah. Because we, we definitely yeah, we're, we're, all have the same probably, top and bottom 10. 
Because it felt quite obvious to say as well. Yeah, like, exactly. Uh, so, yeah. Exactly. yeah, that's just my theory on it. Like, mm-hmm. and and there's a couple of decent teams in the you know upper bottom half, but yeah, there's some bad teams. Like, they're not good. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I've what? said this I, multiple times, but I, I wonder if we can relegate five Premier League teams at some point. <laughs> I I think it's actually, I think it's actually the top ten are just like incredible. Like, like okay. look at Villa. Look at their look at their squad. It's it's ridiculous, and it's not like and Brighton and West Ham. Like West Ham have like Paqueta. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was gonna, well, I was about to say someone pointed out in a podcast I was like saying two earlier. Uh, Lucas Paqueta is way too good for uh, for West Ham, and, and Mohamed Kudus is soon going to be the same. Yeah, exactly. So like. I think it's just like the top 10 are just incredible. And then you've got a team like Brentford who are, you know, like they're like the middle of the pack, but and they're the punch above their weight. But they've got like, where, where is he? I'm just looking. Through. I'm just trying to remember if he still pays them. Damsgaard is injured at the moment. Damsgaard, just as an example of a player, had an unbelievable Euros, yeah. was, you know, done well. It was at Sampdoria he came from. Um, you know, like, and he's nowhere to be seen in that Brentford side. Maybe it is just because of his injuries. Like, there's an example of a player that was like, you know, for a lot of other clubs in Europe, he probably he's probably going into a top half team, and is is regularly starting, um, based off what he'd done previously. Um, every I think most of these teams, even in the bottom half, have like a, a quality player. Pablo Sarabia um, and Pedro Neto at Wolves. Um, yeah, that, that goal for Sarabi at the weekend was, was, oh, it's, it's, was correct. Yeah, it was a great goal. The, the touch and, and finish, incredible. You've got Eze at Crystal Palace, uh, Calvert Lewin at, at, at Everton, Nottingham yeah. Forest. Nottingham Forest have. have, have, have Ibrahim Sangari. They should. Sangari, they, they maybe should be doing better. Like, every time I look at their squad, I'm like, one, there's too many players, but there's actually too many decent players. Like the Pamonini, Gibbs White, you know, the, there's it's I, 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 I don't know. I I think the Premier League is, is is like super, super solid at the moment. There are a couple of teams. I think the the promoted teams this year have been very poor. I think I don't think there's any doubt about that. Sorry. Like the fact that Luton are, are doing the best out of all of them and they're the one that everybody was like, I'll give it a go, but they're they're definitely going down. Um Oh, Benny's doing his best, but he can't. He can't carry. He can't carry you know, he can't, he can't do it all himself. <laughs> but um, he, he's he's doing all right. But um, yeah, I I I think it's being harsh on 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 the bottom teams. I think it's just. I think it's that top ten, eleven. Well, Wolves potentially. I think I think are one of those teams that are are solid, but definitely the top ten. Like Chelsea are in tenth. So if you go from ten up. Like there's there's a lot of money there, a lot a lot of year a lot of teams that have been in the Premier League for years now and have built on that success. Yeah, and 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 now have the have the money for it. Um, I I think I think it's harsh just to, in comparison they are for it, but there's a lot of quality in the bottom half as well on it. Maybe on an individual level. I think I agree with I agree with the fact that the separation between top half and bottom half is potentially. Uh, like very visible 
And I agree that the general quality of the Premier League is amazing, but I also agree that the bottom of the Premier League is... It's terrible. It's the worst I've seen. Like, I, 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 I truly, I'm so sorry to be petty about Everton yet again, but how are they 14th? They're on a good they run. 14th? They're on a they, good run, to be fair. You've got to give it a great manager. They are high. Uh, I don't know. They could get the points. Uh, just because it goes against your prediction, Ali, you know. <laughs> me, me, me and George have belief in Sean Dice. Hey, Villa are fifth. I always stick by that prediction. They will finish fifth. All right. Okay, uh, something interesting that uh, happens, given we're going into the international break and the England squad selection obviously happened and obviously they, um, Southgate had to f- throw a few surprises in there. But I, can I just mention Harry Kane because we don't ever do it? Um, because it's Bayern Munich and it's boring. But he already has more goals than the top goal scorer from last Score season. Last season. I did see that. He's got 17 already, yeah. 17 goals. Uh, top score, know, goal score I, last season, of course, was Christopher Nkunku with 16, which is really yeah. low, admittedly, but 17 by November is crazy. It's just a, it's a joke. It's a cakewalk for him, isn't it? That yeah. like, <laughs> he's I can say it now. He's a bloody good player, and that he you know just has no business playing in that division. However, by Leverkusen what, what? are leading the lead by, by, by they are. Uh, two yeah. points. Yeah, there you go. We'll, we'll go watch the just, previous video. I'll explain their tactics. Uh, and they are quite enjoyable. Just, Sorry. As we're going into the international break, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's for your qualifications and have already qualified. Yes. One thing that I've, uh, I've sort of only realized recently uh-huh. is that Harry Kane's going to... One, there's, le- there's less teams in the Bundesliga than in the um, Premier League. Yeah. He's got one less cup, 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 cup competition to play, yep. and they get a winter break. Yep. So Harry Kane, how was he? He has turned thirty now. You know, like there's, there's not many better um, uh, divisions for him to be using to prepare for for the tournament. And no it's going to be in Germany. And what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. No uh, like he, he should, he should be going into that Euros. Tip top form, and like Bayern, more than likely will end up running away with the league, you know. So he can have a rest in the, the season. Well, well, I suppose it depends on how they do the Champions League as to whether he gets rested in the end of the season. But he he should be going into the into the Euros as as a favorite for top goal scorer. I think the biggest pressure to win the Euros this time around is on England, definitely. It should be. It absolutely should be, given the players they've got. Like, why not? One but... last question before we pick our short king of the week, and I already have my my choice here. Why didn't he pick James Ward Prowse? Just let's forget about like, oh, the the picks are rubbish, or, or like let's let's like try to step away from opinion. And try to formulate some kind of theory as to what else he has to do to be included in the England squad, Harry. I, I honestly, and I'm not even his biggest fan as a player. Like, don't get me wrong. I think he, he the reason I'd have took him, and I said this when he didn't go to the World Cup, is mm. 
when you get down to sort of like your 23rd and 24th and 20th, they have to have some sort of edge as a player, like why you're taking them. And I remember at the time it was Conor, I think Conor Gallagher went and I just looked at him and went, well, why the hell are they taking him? Like not to discredit him, he's that. been really good this season. But I looked at it, I was like, I just don't get it. Like he's not going to get any minutes. Whereas someone like Ward Prowse, if you're, you know, like the France game, right? You need a goal in the last five minutes. You're pushing, you get set pieces. It goes to extra time. You're pushing, like maybe goes to penalties. He takes penalties. Like his edge, if you, if you will, is set piece delivery. He just has it on a string, right? Like, you need a specialist player, in my opinion, in that position. You know, whether it's him, whether it's a striker that's fucking, I don't know, like six foot eight tall that you're just chucking onto aim crosses. And England like, used that to their strength in, in, in the world, previous World Cups. Like, um, so I don't know why you wouldn't lean on that again. They've always been big on set pieces under Southgate. It, it re- it, and that's why I just look at it and go, it baffles me. Like, is there something we're not aware of? Because to not take him and to continue to take Henderson and continue to take Calvin Phillips and it just it makes an absolute mockery. I mean, it's not the only one. Like, I don't know how Sterling's not in the squad again. Yeah. Um, Enrico Lewis like, is somehow. Yeah, he's called Enrico Lewis. It's like fine. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think he has a clue how to use him, but <laughs> you know, like, good for him bringing him in. Um, but like. I, I agree. And I, as I say, I'm not even Ward Prowse's biggest fan as a player. Like, he's not someone I'd want playing, you know, like big minutes against great sides. But last 15 minutes of a game, when you're pushing for goals, I just can't see why you wouldn't want him there as an option to chuck on and, as I say, l- aim crosses to Harry Maguire's head because we all know he's going to be in the squad. And he's actually playing quite well at the minute. So, so yeah. fair enough. But um, yeah, really, really baffling. Like, a hard one to explain. Um, and totally not a meritocracy, but how long have we been saying that for? Fergal, is this the international window where Ireland have to lose to the Netherlands to have a chance of qualifying? That would be the one. Well, yeah, that, that is the way it's, it's done. Well, when I looked at it the last um, international break. The, the, our chances are very slim of getting a playoff position because we have to rely on... I can't remember who it is. It's like it's like Liechtenstein beating somebody. I can't remember what I can't remember what it is, but the the, mm. the we we have to rely on so many ridiculous results to get a chance for playoffs. So um we're, we're just not gonna worry about that. Um okay. <laughs> okay. All right, fair enough. I'll I'll shut up now. Uh let's pick our show king of the week. Uh there is someone I don't know if we've picked him very many times. Although he is potentially the best player in the league, potentially one of the best players of all time in the Premier League, uh, and is Egyptian, and is short. The Egyptian short king, Mohamed Salah, five foot nine, just about makes it, uh, Ooh, and scored his two hundredth league goal uh, over the weekend against uh, against. Uh, I struggle to say Brentford, um, and. The the second goal was like he just like it, the ball comes in, Timmy gets busted. I got to get to the byline and slid just about to keep the ball in, and it just hops on his head and he just bounces it off his head and it just drops into the corner as if nothing happened. And there's like a confused sound look about the stadium. It's like, wait, why is he not celebrating? And it turns out he's just like, ah, I don't know if this is a goal or not. And then the goal gets given. And he's just no reaction at all. I just love how cold he is these days. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. No bias at all, there, then, Harry. No, not at all. Not, not the fact that he's Egyptian. 
Do you have any other options, um, though? I mean, Gary O'Neill is always dog. an option. Yeah, the I mean, big, like... the big dog. <laughs> Gary O'Neill, the big dog. <laughs> Wolves, I watched this game. Wolves dominated Spurs. Like, like well, not did. quite dominant. They, 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 they were on top of Spurs, had a lot of control, and it was, it was only, like, for the lack of a bit of quality in, in the final third, like and then it finally shone through. Yeah, but like I see, um, Sinedo, the amount he is so bad at right back. <laughs> the, the the amount of times he was getting into like his positioning was great, like he was arriving onto the ball in great positions, and then he was just taking two, three, four touches instead of and hesitating whenever like you're on a really quick move and you're just like right fire square that one one two with somebody. He, he was one that was that was quite poor, and then Cunha was another one that I thought um, poor decision making. He he played great against Man United, even though they lost that time, and he was great at driving with the ball. But uh, and he ended up getting assist for the cerebral goal. But the amount of chances he wasted in not moving it on quick enough, and and um, and, and just a bit over over dribbling a bit. But great result for for us. Lamina was 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 brilliant for them. Uh, as well, um, don't mind a bit of wolves. They they yeah. that they'll do all right for me if they if they play like that every week and and um, they, they, it was a great win, great last minute win. So yeah, Gazo and Neil for me again. Uh, he gets it so many times for God's sake. Yeah, Salah Sal hasn't gotten enough at all. I don't think Salah's got one this season. I, I I I'll be honest. I didn't even know he was eligible. I didn't well, even know he's eligible. He's fine. Um, are you are you are we definitely sure about his height there, yeah? yeah Five yeah, nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. You can look for it you can look at it yourself, Virgo. No, I would I I do I believe would you. Believe, I would believe Well actually I don't know if I do believe you because you are very biased and okay and we is he's okay. He's okay. Can we give it to, to Salah this time? We can, can give, give it, it to Salah. Salah. Yes. Let's go. On this note. Thank you very much for watching. Um Go do go check out the uh, the narrative. You of course you will have probably watched the narrative before you got here. Um, if you didn't, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. But thank you. Uh, can I just say like it, it was so much fun, even though it was seven a.m. where I am. Um, but it was it was genuinely great fun, and it's just um, it's it's always great to talk to James. You know, he's been on the podcast before. He's our mate. Um, but no, it's a it's an honor to be on there. Thank you, James. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Fergal and Harry. Great uh, episode, as always. Great times. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. Whatever video or podcast we do, um, all be well. Cheers. Nice one. Have a lovely time. <laughs>